And then about six weeks after my interview, I got a call on a Monday morning just to let me know that I had been chosen to fill the role. And I got sworn in that Friday and took the bench the Friday after that. Clarksville's Conversation, a podcast that brings you interesting conversations with fascinating people from around Clarksville and Montgomery County. Hi, this is Katie, and I'm here with Charlie. And you are now joining us for Clarksville's Conversation, where we get to visit with influential leaders and innovators and people in the community. And who's our guest today, Charlie? Well, she's our friend. You guys have something in common. I love her. You have the same name. Yes, K-Squared. So we have the Honorable Katie Olita, and I'm going to make sure I get this right. You were just appointed by Governor Haslam yes. as the Circuit Court Judge in the 19th Judicial District. That's correct. So her introduction could be really, really long. But I went straight to the meat of it. But there's so much more to her than a fancy robe. Oh, I agree. So we were just talking about how, I mean, it was probably, what, a year and a half ago? We were talking about, she was talking about how, you know, someday I think I might want to be a judge. And That's true. Look at you now. And here we are. It's amazing. That was an amazing process to watch, knowing you and some of the other candidates, I guess you would call them, and then knowing Governor Haslam a little bit, just watching it all come together is pretty interesting. So tell me about the process. How did that, what all did you have to go through to get appointed by Governor Haslam? So in April of last year, the legislature gave our judicial district another judge. Mm -hmm. And Judge Hicks, Ross Hicks, has been pushing for that for a number of years because with our growth in this community, as y'all know, it's just um, people moving here um, so quickly in growth and there are more cases filed. So the legislature gave us another judge. And when that happens, it's an appointment process first. So um, in July of last year, I applied for the position. There were, um, I think, eight other applicants, mm-hmm. great lawyers. Yeah. And I should say, too, our judicial district is actually Montgomery and Robertson counties. So great, great lawyers that applied for the job. And we were all interviewed by a committee called the Trial Court Vacancy Committee, and they um, questioned us in a public forum. We gave prepared statements, and right then and there, they voted on the top three. In front of you? Yes. And you gave, and you tell me, at one time, you had to give your statements in front of each other, too. Right. Everyone was oh. there it's with their families <laughs> yes. um, and friends, and the other judges came, some of them. So I was selected for the top three and then got the opportunity to be interviewed viewed by Governor Haslam and his legal staff, which was just such an incredible uh-huh. opportunity in and of itself. Wow. He's an amazing um, leader and really invested a lot of time in that process. Not all governors have personally interviewed judicial candidates. Really? Mm-hmm. So he really cared about who he appointed and that's interesting knowing about them. And then about six weeks after my interview, I got a call on a Monday morning just to let me know that I had been chosen to fill the role. 
and I got sworn in that Friday and took the bench the Friday after that. So it was right. it was it's a pretty a oh <laughs> so pretty you quick. Now you were at Baton Nolan, so that right. was kind of bittersweet for them. They were happy to see you get this, but then you can't be an attorney at Baton Nolan right now. Right. I have when you take an appointment like this, yeah. you have to give up any private practice. And I was there for thirteen years and became a partner um, in 2012 and obviously had a lot of strong relationships there, built a great mm -hmm. practice there. And so it was bittersweet on both sides, I think. And she was also the attorney, I don't know if you know this, for the school system and the sheriff's department. So you had to turn all that over as well, right? Right. Ooh, I bet they, I bet they had a tough time with that, filling your shoes. It was, um, it's been a challenge and I loved serving both of those um, entities, particularly the school system. Mm -hmm. You just get so invested in yeah. the outcome of everything that happens to them. And you kind of get um, addicted to being in the know too. And yeah. yeah, I can see that. Seeing what's going on and, and just, they, they give us a lot to be proud of. So I'm proud to have represented them. What? Huh, nothing. Uh, so every, when I talk to her, there'll be times I'll say, well, I have something to tell you, but I probably shouldn't because I don't want to put her in the, you know, in a, you Because know. she's a judge? Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Oh, I forgot. I know why you're looking at me like this. Because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, we... <laughs> All right. She's so, in okay, charge. Tell me. She's in she charge. She is in charge. Right. So... Charlie's had this mustache forever. Yes. And in honor of that mustache, he mustache you a question. Excellent. Yeah, she skipped right over my whole thing. <laughs> Aww. But you're so interesting. She I is interesting. Mind. That's okay. But this question that I have for her. Is a good one. It's very important to, to her role as a judge. It's okay. Nice so right I'm going to read it. Okay. I'm going to read it. I'm sorry. I'm ready. I stole your thunder. Charlie. No, it's okay. It's okay. So, so this is just a random question. I picked it right out of the hat. Excellent. This big piece of paper right here. Mm -hmm. So, we need an honest answer. Okay. If you were arrested <laughs> with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you were arrested for? Oh, that's mm -hmm. tough. Hmm. Mm. Don't make us pick. I know. I'm sitting here going through my mind. What would she be? I thought you were thinking. I was going to say. Give me another question. Hey, There's a can, chance Katie could be beside me if that happened. I don't know. We might be in that can, together. She's got some words that can cut you if she, when she wants to. She can tell you. She can put you in your spot pretty quick. Hmm. I would say maybe it would be. It could be for that directness. I love the directness though. Yeah. Because we're the same way. True. Um, Maybe in the courtroom now, especially, maybe if I were to uh, be too direct. So, yeah. yeah, I know it is for her, and, <laughs> but, but that's okay. But that that leads me to another question: when when you're up, when you're on the on the stand, right, and you've got your gavel right here, and you're Do you rocking bang it back, really hard. You know, I actually don't have a gavel. What? I know. You need a gavel. Everybody I assumes I it just comes with the job, but I don't have one. Well, I, how do you get control? With my voice. Oh, Lord have mercy. With my words. So do only the judges who don't have loud voices get gavels? I think the gavel is really more of a, just a, thing? an item. Yes. I need you. I want you to have a gavel. I know. Me too. <laughs> and it has to be a nice one. That's right. Right. With our names on it. 
<laughs> on the bottom you know, when she's mad she can smash on that right. <laughs> you know believe it or not so far everyone has really been so good and respectful and and yeah. i haven't had any troubles in my courtroom but so well, go ahead i mean I, there's so many things to ask a judge i was just gonna I, say I what kind of cases do you see what what are, what are some of the I mean, everyday cases that you deal with. So our circuit court is a, it's a state level court mm -hmm. and it hears civil matters, lawsuits, mm -hmm. um, usually involving money or damages or divorces, but also criminal matters too. Um, anything that's more than a misdemeanor is going to be heard in circuit court. So my particular division, which is Division 5, right now is hearing pretty strictly domestic matters. Oh, so that's no fun. A lot of no. divorces, a lot of custody, um, adoptions are another thing that I that I get the privilege of, of hearing. And But, you know, I found it really to be, um, even though it's challenging a lot of times, the subject matter, I've really found it to be a good opportunity to kind of connect with people and, and feel like I'm serving in an yeah. important role in their lives. You know, I was in court recently. Uh-oh. You were? As a juror. Oh, oh that's right. And <clears throat> it was funny. Glad you uh, clarified that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in court. That was true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But we were, um, I, I walked in there and then they called my name. I was going to be juror number five, coincidentally. And I look over there. And Katie is sitting, I mean, this is like your first week mm -hmm. or so, first few days. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And and so they ask you all kinds of questions. You know, who do you know? Do you know anybody in this case? You know, all that. And thank goodness I could have been fair, mm -hmm. but I knew too many people. He knew so, a lot of people. So they kicked me. He is Charlie Coon. He did. No, get No, but they kicked me. And she said, I knew they'd kick you <laughs> off of here. <laughs> I didn't have any doubt about that. Yeah. But. I think it. I think it's neat, and and I was kind of excited to, to have the, to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, we need to do that. Right. Civilians, I mean, that's I what have we're never to gotten do. called to jury duty. Really? In all my time. Isn't that interesting? Congratulations! You uh, just you yeah. Went. You you have uh, now set yourself up to yeah. get called. It is so important though, <clears throat> because if you think about it, if you're one of the parties to a lawsuit, and you. It, if you've been charged with a crime, or even if it's just you have a dispute over money or it's a car wreck, whatever it might be, and if you have the right to a jury, you want a jury of your peers yeah. to hear that. Right, fairly. So it is important to have mm -hmm. people serving in that role. So So now you mentioned that you see a lot of adoption Yes, cases. yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Because I can is. see on your face and yeah. they can't see it, how rewarding <laughs> that must feel to you. It is just... It is absolutely the highlight of what I get to do. So a lot of families coming in, and it may be um, a brand new baby being adopted by a family, or it may be like one I had last week, which was a young man. It was his 14th birthday, oh, and wow. he was being adopted out of the foster care system mm -hmm. by um by a woman who, you know, basically stood up there and pledged to be his parent and and take on the wow. responsibility for him um, forever and ever. Amen. And it's just such an exciting time for all of the people involved. And um, 
I'm adopted. And so mm -hmm. I really feel a special connection with yeah. the process um, just because I had the benefit of having a dad step in when I was very young after my real father had passed away. And, um, and in 1981, actually, in the Chancery Court of Montgomery County adopted really? me. And so it's just such a neat connection. And they always like to take a picture at the end. And so yeah. I've gotten some just great, they send me copies and I've gotten great pictures of these happy families. And it's, it's a great thing how, to be a part of. How old were you when you were adopted? I was three. Three. Three years and, old. And so you, mm -hmm. you're three, and then you have this young man the other day who was 14. Right. I mean, had, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get into the details of it, but had he been in the system for... He had been in the system pretty much his whole life. Wow. And, um, and, he, and just, somebody stepped up and said, I love this kid enough, I want to... Right. And, and so, right. so I, I know little to nothing about this, but do the, is something happen when they get to be 18? Do they, does well, their adults. system? Right, what, so what our system really, um, in that, uh, in the, in that side of things, it would be called aging out, essentially, of yeah. the system when they become an adult. But if you think about it, a lot of kids haven't even graduated high school when they turn 18 yeah. years old. Right. So, um, you know, to have a, a parent there to be responsible for that person, because it's really not just anymore until you're 18. It's a lifelong commitment because yeah. when a parent agrees to adopt a child, they are assuming responsibility for things like child support if something were to happen later on down the road but not only that the child can inherit from them yeah. um, and vice versa so it, it's a it's really a lifelong commitment that the people are making to each other mm-hmm that's um, amazing I it think really that is, is rewarding to watch yep some sweet babies too and and see these families happy. who you know haven't been able to have kids and sure. then they decide to adopt and just and your name gets to be on that adoption is it a what do you call it an to, order an order mm -hmm. forever yeah. yeah so you're like a part of their life forever that's pretty yeah. awesome i love it it's great so what 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 was there anything when you took the bench was there anything that surprised you or in the very beginning that you're like I, you didn't expect or did you know what you going into it, what it was going to be like? Oh, well, I don't think I knew exactly what it would be like, but because I had been a trial attorney for 15 years prior to, oh, that's true. I mean, I had a little, you know, I had some experience in the courtroom. Certainly I've tried lawsuits. I've argued plenty in there, but I think I was surprised that first day at how um, settled I felt in making a decision. Oh, that's good. And just listening to what the two sides had to say and then applying the law. At this level, the trial court level, my job is, is exactly that. It's to listen to the evidence and then apply what the law says to those facts. And I was nervous, obviously, about am I going to be able to decide? And that's not to say it's easy, any of the decisions. In fact, a lot of them are really hard, particularly when it comes to custody and parenting. Mm -hmm. But I, I found that I, you know, was just able to kind of settle in and say, here's what I've heard as the facts and here's the law and make a decision. So i tell you what, she's, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know that. And it starts with her name, you know, Katie, Katie, Katie. It's Katie, true. Katie. So I'm surrounded. <laughs> um, I want to I talk about Clarksville for a minute. And uh, 
What do you think of when when you when you're alone or someone you, you just meet says Clarksville? What do you say or what do you think of? What comes to mind? It's funny you ask that because recently, I think you just in the last week, I was just in my car alone driving, and I thought I love this place. And then last weekend, my daughter and I went downtown and we hit all the shops. Yep. Um, copper pedal we even went in the new record store because she has a turntable and she bought a record we had coffee at yada 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 and i thought again i love this place yeah there's just something so great about where we are right now as a community and how much we've grown and changed over the years Um, but we're in such a sweet spot that there's opportunity and and it's just a really good time I think for Clarksville. You know when I when I look at the two of you, you do you do have a lot in common, and your involvement in the community, you know, Chamber of Commerce. I'm looking at both of you, uh, the Roxy Regional Theater, uh, United Way. What what makes you do that? I mean, why? How do you come up with the time, and then what what's your drive? to do all that? I think it's just, for me, a drive to be connected and to give back to the community. I, you know, I always wish there was more time to do more things um, after you give to your family and mm-hmm. to your job, but it's just wanting to, to be involved and, and feeling like a need, feeling like there's a need to serve and just to give back. To not just live somewhere, but experience life right. here to invest Mm -hmm. and so some of those are are just ways I've found to be able to do that and then there are others too like project transformation is probably one of my um, most favorite things that that I'm involved in it's a program for at-risk kids on the north side of town Uh um, that connects college interns who come and put on a day camp for them during the summer and it's centered around reading and so the college interns put on the camp but then volunteers come to read to the kids four days a week is it elementary age kids It's elementary age kids and um and so it is i started out our church was um involved and so I kind of started out small and being involved with it but have kind of grown in that to be a reading partner with some of the kiddos in the summer and Mm -hmm. also have done some things to support the interns who actually they come from all over the United States and they live in Clarksville for the summer Mm -hmm. and um, it's just been one of my favorite ways to to develop relationships and and give back and then the the best part is the data at the end of the summer shows that those kids that participate have no summer slide that time where Mm -hmm. they regress in their reading. That's what I was just thinking about when you said Mm -hmm. that. I I don't remember where, but I saw a statistic somewhere that said that by seventh or eighth grade, at-risk kids are almost a year or two behind other kids because, you know, in the summertime, our kids are going to read, we're going to send them to camps, we're going to go to museums and stuff where at-risk kids don't have those same opportunities. Right. So I can see where this fills that need for that. Yep. So it's amazing. You said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I've never heard of that program. Mm-hmm. We've only had it in Clarksville two summers now. Okay. So this coming summer will be our third. Um, and it's at New Providence United Methodist. 
If someone wants um, to get involved, they contact New Providence United Methodist? Or just go to projecttransformation.org okay. and you can read all about it. So, huh, that's, a, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of it. No, I it's pretty either. amazing. It, yeah. It's pretty neat how people find things that kind of satisfy their, their need to give back. Mm -hmm. uh, That's that, why the adoption thing probably hits you too, because I can see this whole thing with you. It's all about being about kids yeah. and making a difference mm -hmm. in their lives and transforming them. So I love the heart behind that. And you know, when you, when you think of it, and I know you probably know a lot more people than I do, but I could list five or six people right now from our community that are really big public figures or you know that that are adopted or have adopted a, a child and uh, Tracy and I actually talked about it after we had our first uh, had Lexi but uh, we didn't push for it but now we mm -hmm. we wish we would have had another mm -hmm. another child or adopted somebody it's not too late <laughs> You're Come right. on. You're right. It's not too late. You can file it in my court and I'll get to approve it. How about that? Well, uh, you, you guys call her. You know her. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get back we'll tell her we have it all planned out. But, but it, it's amazing what, what you do and, and, and the, the adoption process. It's. I'm just so proud of you. I've just we we really got to know each other about two years ago, maybe a little bit longer now, and we just hit it off. And I'm just so proud of you for having a dream and saying I want to do that, and then following it through. Because you know it's easy to have a dream, but sometimes figuring out how to get there is a different thing. And you did it well. And I I think I've given that a lot of thought. You know, I think when I first found out about the appointment, it was a little bit overwhelming in the tra mm -hmm. in the transition but because you had a lot going on it was a lot it yeah. was a lot but now that I've kind of settled down and had a minute to take a breath and look back on it and I think you know I did I did speak that out loud that dream mm -hmm. you were one of the first people that I actually mm -hmm. said it to and um, I told her I'd handle her campaign you did mm -hmm. but um but I think what you're you know you what you're saying is true that it's saying it out loud is one thing but there was a lot of work that went into it as well behind the scenes. I did a lot of preparing and mm -hmm. um, trying to make connections and put my best um, foot forward in the process. And so there was a lot of work that went into it too, but it's just, I still am kind of pinching myself that I'm here now and it's, it's amazing. It's a great honor. Well, we're honored you joined us today. So thank you so much. Well, we hope you. that you'll come back another time after we get some more time going and tell us some more stuff happening in the I would love court. it. We're for Katie. We're, I'm for Olita. Katie. I love Olita. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm for the Katie. Perfect. <laughs> thank you for coming. Thank you it's for having so me. Good to see you. This was so fun. Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.